This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 1st, 2010. Must See TV, The Amazing Race. Okay, so when Dave Ely said, get in the plane and you're taking off, I'm like, you have got to be, I believe in Jesus. (laughs) But he said in scripture, lo, I will be with you always. (laughs) Yeah. David, thank you so much for offering your your plane to us. And I couldn't believe that thing went all around the world on all those exotic spots. That was, good morning, Connection Church. I'm Alan Jones. And I'm Carrie Jones. And we're two sinners who've been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. Gracious God, thanks for this, well, this glorious day that you've given us. I pray we'll use it for your glory. Thank you for uh, bringing us here this morning, gathering us together to worship and praise you. I pray that you open our hearts to your spirit, to your word, and that we will be changed and transformed. We ask these things in Christ's name and in the power of your Holy Spirit. And all, all Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so for the next three weeks, we're starting a new series called Must See TV. Must See TV. We're going to take some popular reality TV shows and put a biblical twist to it. As we saw in that intro video today, today we're talking about the amazing race. Yeah, the amazing race. Two-person teams racing around the world trying to not be the last to the checkpoint, trying to beat the other teams in order to win the million-dollar prize. Yeah. How many of you are familiar with the show? A couple? Yeah. How many watch it regularly? How many would like to be on the show and compete for a million-dollar prize? Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, We're already in the midst of a race that's even more amazing than this TV show, reality show that we're talking about here. Several places in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he uses the idea of racing as a metaphor for life. The life that Jesus has laid out for you and for me. Here's what we read In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, the words of Paul. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So the race that Paul talks about here in this passage from Acts is a little different from the amazing race we see on TV. See, this race that Paul talks about hasn't been designed by TV producers in order to captivate the attention of the TV audience. This race hasn't been designed to pit one team against another. This team hasn't been designed to bring exotic locations into your living room. And the end prize of this race isn't a check for a million dollars. Now, the funny thing is, though, as Paul says, um, this race, actually, that Paul talked about isn't really even about me or you or him. That's, That's not the focus here. As he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race 
and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And so the race that Paul is talking about is, is to complete the task that the Lord has given him. And what is that task? It's to testify about God's grace, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to tell others about Christ. And Paul says that his life is worth nothing other than that, to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. That's the task we've been given as well. And that's nice. It coincides nicely with our mission here at Connection Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers. It reminds us of what Jesus tells the disciples just before he ascends into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father. We find this in the 16th chapter of Mark, verse 15, where where we're told, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. I like what St. Francis of Assisi says to this. He says, and if you need to, use words. In other words, live your, let your life be a message, a message of God's saving grace, and, and, and use words if you have to. The amazing race. In Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, Paul again uses this metaphor of the race. Let's check out what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Okay, a little teachable moment here this morning. You know, athletics were a very important part uh, uh, in the life of the Greeks, and Paul's writing this to the church at Corinth, which is in Greece. Now, as many of you know, the Olympic Games originated in Greece, right, many, many, many years ago, and they were held like they are today every four years in a place called Olympia. <laughs> Duh, that's why they're called the Olympics. Now, what you may not know, and we, we didn't know until we did a little research, is there was something else called the Isthmian Games. Say that five times fast. I-S-T-H-M-I-A. Isthmian Games. These were held in Corinth. You see, Corinth, if you look at Greece, is a city on this little isthmus. And so from that, they call them the Isthmian Games. They were held, interesting enough, more often than the Olympics, because they were held twice every four years. They were held the second and fourth years, the year before the Olympics and the year following the Olympic Games. And so the people that Paul was speaking to, the people of Corinth, were very familiar with this analogy of the race, running a race. So they they understood. He was talking in the terms that they, they got it. Now in Greeks, in Greece, the Greeks believed that both mind and body should be developed, should be trained, and, and that was so crucial. Paul uses this idea of training hard and running hard to get his point across. Now Paul says in the race that he's talking about that there is just one winner. That's a little different than we're used to because we get a winner, but we, uh, we reward first, second, and third place, gold, silver, and bronze, right? But they got one prize, and the prize is interesting. They worked hard. They trained hard for this 
they called it the laurel wreath, the laurel crown, the laurel wreath, and it would, would be a crown made from the laurel plant. Uh, we, we would call the, the leaves of that are bay leaves. Maybe you use bay leaves in cooking, like if you uh, certain sauces, you put bay leaves in the same plant, and they would make the crown out of that. Now, it wasn't artificial, it was real. What happens to leaves when they're taken from the plant and they don't get nourishment? They... They wither up and they die, don't they? And so this laurel wreath, this laurel crown that they strove so hard for and trained and, and, and ran for, well, it, was, um, it had a very short shelf life. It, it did not last. As Paul says, this is a crown uh, that does not last. And then he points to the crown that we get for the race that we run, this life in Christ, and he says it's a prize that will last forever you know, forever, eternal life. So there's another big difference between uh, this race and the race that Christ has laid out for us, placed before us. There's not just one winner in our race, in this race that we're talking about, everybody wins. The race that Jesus has for us, everyone wins. All who take Jesus as their Lord and Savior wins. But we are to run the race as if there is one prize. And that means that we are to give this race everything we've got to run it out with, with discipline, to train hard, to stay focused. And in order to do that, we really do need to have discipline, to stay disciplined. That's what strict training is all about. And that's going to allow us to finish the race. I got an email the other day from a guy who, gosh, we were in school from about 6th grade to 12th grade together and hadn't heard from him in probably over 35 years, but somehow uh, heard about the church and connected up and we exchanged a couple emails. And, and I was thinking about it, his name's, I'll call him John, because that's his name. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and so I, thinking about John, it took me back to, to high school and and, and see, I wasn't very athletic in high school, not like I am now. And, um, <laughs> and uh, although I was much, much thinner and much, much closer to being athletic. But then. he was a drummer, and, and that's yeah. what I liked, yeah. so that was but, good. But I wasn't, I wasn't much of a drummer either. But anyway, <clears throat> um, uh, but you know, in high school, if you're a guy, you, you want to compete. And so I thought, okay, well, the different, well, track, that's it, because they don't cut anybody. So I go out for track, and see, that's, John was track, but John was like Mr. All-World. He, he went one mile, two mile, cross country, and he was like a state champ in all these events. He was like, he was killer. I wasn't. Um, my, my high school track experience was less than spectacular. Let me tell you why. Um, see, here's the difference between John and Alan when it came to running. John liked to run. <laughs> Actually, John loved to run. I, they told me he would eat a sandwich while he's running. I would just eat a sandwich. But, you know, John, I, I never liked running because it was too much like running, you, you, you know? It just, but I thought, I'll, I'll try it. Because I, I couldn't shot put. Come on. I was, I was a little guy then. I couldn't shot put. My sprinting days, I was second in the 50-yard dash in sixth grade, but those days were long gone. I lost all that blazing speed. So I thought, okay, long distance, two mile. I could do it back. I could actually run two miles back then. Devin's going, 
wow, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> two mile. And, but see, here's the difference. When John trained, John would run. I'm, I mean, he would run three, four, five miles. I bet in a week he put in, I don't know, 40, 50. He was, he was crazy. Here's an example of my training. I went to Newark High School. I lived about two miles away up Kirkwood Highway. I, one day, Mike and I, another guy, we ran to my house. I actually did run the two miles. I still can't believe it, but I ran the two miles. But, but then I ran in the house. I grabbed a donut. <laughs> and I had my sister drive us back into town. <laughs> you see the difference between John's training program and mine? You don't even know John, but you get a feel here. And, and see, here's what happens. If you don't train... When the race comes, we had an inner squad meet where you split the team in half. And, and <clears throat> I don't remember which team I was on, but anyway, I was in the two-mile event, and so was John. Was, we're ready. Two miles is eight laps around a standard track, okay? In eight laps, John lapped me. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Huh? Karen says, but I kept going. I, I probably did. That was, I shouldn't have because that was stupid. <laughs> Needless to say, track was not my bag. So not my bag. So I quit the track team. What I can't believe is the next year I tried again. But the difference is it still involved running. So, but you see, the difference is the reason John was a champion and Alan wasn't anywhere close is because he was disciplined, and he trained, and he kept his eye on the prize, and he was focused, and I wasn't. And that makes all the difference in the world when it comes to running the race. And so running the race that Jesus has set out for us takes training. It takes discipline. And Jesus has already given us the prize eternal life through his death on the cross, through the blood that he shed for us. But we need to do what it takes, too. We just can't sit back. And being disciplined through prayer and, and study and devotion and small groups and serving, that's a disciplined, focused life. Paul tells us to run in such a way as to get the prize. We've already been given the prize, but we can't fully realize that prize. We can't fully appreciate the prize that we have unless we're running the race with Jesus. If we run the race, you know, without Christ, we're just doing this. We are spinning our wheels. Running the race with Jesus gives our life meaning, gives our life purpose. It gets us through times like we're experiencing, like Bill's experiencing right now. Running the race with our eyes fixed on Jesus is what it's all about. And we can't all of a sudden one day be here and think we're going to be here. We've got to do it day in and day out, discipline and training. Here's what we read in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, verses 1 and 2. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with what? Perseverance. The race marked out for us. Say the rest with me. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him 
endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, so let's start at the end of this passage and work our way back. We are to fix our eyes on... Yeah. Fix our eyes on Jesus, and why? Because our focus, our goal, our destination is always Him. To get ever, ever closer to Him. To be more Christ-like in all that we do. He is our model. He is our mentor. In terms of this amazing race that we are part of, He is our finish line. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we are to run with perseverance, with determination to run with perseverance this race marked out for us to be determined to hang in there often over a long period of time even when it's hard even when it's tough even when we're hit with challenges and things that we think we will never be able to get over run with perseverance fixing our eyes on Jesus you know there's a saying that we've heard um, let me get it right when the going gets tough, the tough get going, right? Yeah. So, you know, we can be knocked down, but we can get back up because of Jesus. We can feel defeated, but we can get back up because of Jesus. We can run this race because Jesus is with us, and we're running that race that he's marked out for us with courage and strength and determination through God's Holy Spirit. And so what's that look like? Well, for one thing, you know, being a follower of Jesus doesn't instantly mean that our life is just a, a bed of roses, that, that we will no longer have any challenges, that we just move to 101 Easy Street. Can I get an amen on that one? If anything, being a follower of Jesus at times can make life a little bit more challenging because, um, because following Christ isn't always the, quote, easy thing to do. We've talked a lot about Paul today. If anybody, if, you know, following Christ should make life easy, it should be Paul, don't you think? He was a great follower of Christ. Well, if you read Paul's resume, his life was anything but easy. He was beaten several times. He was thrown overboard from a ship. He was whipped and imprisoned on many occasions. <clears throat> but Paul persevered in the face of those challenges. I love the story in the 16th chapter of Acts, and I think we've shared before, where he and Silas are uh, they're, they're, uh, <clears throat> thrown in beaten and thrown in prison for sharing the faith. And, 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 and at midnight, what are they doing? They're singing hymns to the Lord. And there's an earthquake that's so strong, it rattles the door open. Well, they could easily have walked out and been on their merry way, and the jailer fears this and is about ready to take his own life because he's in big trouble if they're gone. But no, they're not gone. What do they do? Well, they witness to that same jailer. And in fact, later that evening, go to his house for a meal and baptize he and his entire family. See, in the midst 
even of that challenge in the midst of uh, recovering some wounds from being whipped and thrown in prison, Paul and his, and his partner there, Silas, they stay the course. They, they, they run the good race. They keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, in, in life, when we get knocked down or when our prayers aren't answered the way we think that they should or the things that we expect, or whatever our situation, we have a choice. Here's the choice. We can turn to Jesus or we can turn from Jesus. We can fix our eyes on heaven or we can look downcast on the ground. We can turn inwardly into ourselves or we can turn toward Jesus, toward the Lord. There's a pastor, his name's Andy Stanley, he's at North Point Community Church, and, and he says something, this might be paraphrased a little bit, but he says, we can get bitter or we can get better. Say that with me. We can get bitter or we can get better. We can get bitter when we turn inward. We can get bitter when we do not focus on our higher power, Jesus the Christ. When we're focused on Christ in the midst of being tossed and turned and beaten and whatever that looks like in your life, we can persevere and run this race because our eyes are fixed on the prize, eternal life with Christ. Hmm. How many of you watch the Olympics, Summer Olympics when they come on? Anybody? Yeah. Have you noticed how these guys that run the, what they're wearing is getting like smaller and smaller and smaller? I don't think that's for TV ratings, although it might be. But there's a purpose, a running purpose, because there's uh, less wind resistance, better movement. You know, the whole purpose of whatever they wear is to get to the finish line as quickly as possible. And so uh, that gets rid of some hindrances, perhaps, that would keep them from running the best they can. In the Hebrews passage... We're told something kind of similar, but for a different reason. We're told to strip away anything, anything that is going to get in our way when it comes to running the race. But they're not talking about stripping away clothing. Talking about stripping away things that are getting in the way of our race with Jesus Christ. Rather than shedding clothing, it makes smaller, talking about shedding bad habits or behaviors or whatever it might be that we have that's going to keep us from keeping our eyes fixed on Christ. Another difference about this amazing race that we even see on TV or we kind of tread here in life without Christ and with Christ is, is this I factor. Just like Alan said about stripping away all that hinders us, what hinders us is our sin. Our sin, those things that we do that, that grieve God, those things that we say, think, act out. And, 
most of the time it's because we're like the own, our own little savior of our world. We are in the middle of things. We're not thinking about other people. We're, we're so consumed with ourselves that we get in our own way and we lose sight of the race that God has set out for us. And so whenever we start focusing on me, me this, me that, we're not focused on Christ. So we would encourage each one of you, when you're starting to feel, and you know, in our humanity, we're, we all sin and we've fallen short of the glory of God, but praise God, we're saved by the blood of Christ. But to, to dig deep and, and to look at what's going on and, you know, our, do we have eye strain? Well, then we need to look, look up, look forward at the prize in front of us. Die to self. Rise with Christ. Let him be the center of our thoughts. The more we practice that, the more we have discipline, the more it will just happen naturally. It is possible to run this race the way that Paul talks about. We're going to close the message this morning with another scripture in which Paul uses this metaphor of the race. In this scripture, and this actually in this uh, book of the Bible, he's near the end of his life, Paul is, and, and he's sharing with Timothy, one of the, his mentees, one who has traveled with him, when he was out preaching and sharing the word. And, and what we have here is a very, very brief summary of his walk with Jesus. And this is what he says in this second letter to Timothy, uh, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Paul says this. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. Say this next line, three lines with me, will you? I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Let's say that again. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, Paul says. The, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me. It's the good news but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Yeah. And so our sincere hope for you, for us, for, for everyone here, is that we might be able to share this sentiment of Paul running the race in the way that he says, fighting the fight that as we race to this finish, we may remain faithful throughout. Bill, we're seeing that in your life right now. Thank you for being a witness, and I know that we know it's going to be tough, but we're going to run right alongside of you the best we can. But here's the good news. Mary has already received the crown of glory, and that's what that race is all about. Receiving whether we're, no matter what age the Lord decides to take us, the good news is that we can run the race, we can fix our eyes on Jesus, and the prize on earth and in heaven is to have a relationship with Christ here on earth and glory in heaven. So we pray that each one of you knows 
Jesus as your personal Savior, that you come into that relationship, fix your eyes on him, and run that race. Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, um, thank you for your word found in Scripture today. This... um, analogy of running this race and um, you know we confess that there are times when we're tired times when we cry out to you and when we just have to like we get stalled along the way Lord um, by the power of your Holy Spirit we pray for more of you less of us and um, for the way that uh, you encourage us through your Holy Spirit along the way Thank you. We love you and we praise your name. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302 378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.